you thought we'd start the show off like that? Birdland BS. Check it out. episode 28 december 13th and uh it's been a while since we talked and a lot of shit has happened i would say sir uh sir <laughs> the hell's what been up in what's been i was gonna say what the hell's been up in the land of the hewitts for the past the two hewitts. weeks man nothing Anything really exciting you know what man i i'm a boring uh bald red-headed man <laughs> I, I really don't i got nothing great going on uh trying to make it through the holidays that's it man i i i I sit down and i think about this uh you know we we try to fit this in every week sometimes we don't but i'm like man what the hell am i gonna say on the podcast (laughs) that i did this week what what can can i I elaborate on that's gonna sound exciting about my life (laughs) what's gonna make me sound cool and I, i i literally just sit there and i'm like i got nothing and then i mean i'm going to star wars this weekend that's it. That's all I got. And that's not even <laughs> happened yet. So, uh, uh, we went, no, you know what? We went to Hershey park. Um, nice. Yeah. You know, I got short term memory too. It's, it's horrible, uh, <laughs> horrible short term memory, but yeah, we went to Hershey park and did, uh, that and Camden had a good time and we, he passed out for the, uh, lights that you ride through. So that was a waste right. of money. And, uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, nothing really, uh, houses yeah. decorated, the trees up, we're, we're full steam ahead, you know. I'm hiding the elf every morning where Christy is, and uh, we're just <laughs> in holiday mode, man. How about you? Yeah, man, about the same. We uh, told you, I guess, two weeks ago that uh, we had thrown some static clings on the on the front door. We've added yeah. to the collection. Uh, <laughs> my father, it's kind of funny. My mother called me uh, the other day, and she's like, you know, hey, I've got some old Christmas decorations in here that, you know, you probably would want that, you know, she doesn't feel lugging out anymore. And, um, they, these were actually like wood reindeer and a wood tree that my father and I built together. And we put the dates on the back as back in 1988, I was six years old and these things still look pristine. Like they look like you, you know, bought them off of like some, you know, antique shop or whatever, but they're in really, really good shape. Uh, and he had, I want to say like 10 or 15 years ago, built these snowmen out of some spare wood that he had laying around. My father was very, very talented when it came to like wood making and uh, craftsmanship. He was a very detail oriented person. So yeah. like everything had to be like perfect with him. So I'll send you a picture of it later. It's said, I'll post it nice. on the, uh, the, uh, the Birdland BS page in case anybody cares to look at it. Uh, kind of cool how those things go together. So yeah, we uh we got a little bit more in the holiday spirit. Um been a busy 2 weeks for me, man. I uh decided that the uh the old Mustang, the the toy Mustang. Uh, yeah, it's time to go. It's uh at 10 miles to the gallon and that's that's on a good day. Uh it just wasn't friendly to the pocket anymore, <laughs> especially <laughs> with the new gig and everything. So 
uh, need to get something a little bit more practical. So I was able to finalize that and get that mm. done the other day. Do you have like uh, a list list of how many cars you've owned? Dude, do you have like like a count? I was talking to somebody about it the other day. <clears throat> I have like not... the Walt Chamberlain of cars or something <laughs> like. <you know? laughs> I I haven't like actually sat down and wrote out a list because if I did, I'd probably miss. I'd, it would take me a few days because I'd have to like really think about it. But I'd say I'd probably had over twenty five cars in my day. Um, Pretty sure. Just it's because Walt Chamberlain. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, at one point, I had four cars at one time. Uh, yeah. Nothing yeah, spectacular. I'm just a car guy, man. I've always been that way. It's not like you're Jay Leno and you got, like, really nice ones. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. the Mustang was nice, no. but most of them were, like, I remember, like, a Honda or, you know, Civic or something like that. Or Yeah. <laughs> had a lot of them, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I was able to uh, get that finalized and, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing real exciting. We... Uh, Gene and uh, Nikki and the wife and I went to uh, um, Jimmy's Seafood the other night, which, oh, yeah, oh. if you've never been there, uh, that's A1, my friend, but uh, Gene might tell you something different now. <laughs> Did he tell you what happened? No, I didn't hear about it. Uh, all what right, happened? so I'll share this story. So we go to Jimmy's cause Jimmy's is one of uh, Gene's favorite places. We went there one time, like a couple of months ago. It was the first time we, all of us had ever been there. And, um, right away, Gene said, Oh, this is my favorite crab, crab cake or whatever. So yeah, that's cool. And it came around Christmas time. I thought, Hey, we should go to Jimmy's cause he really liked it and I can buy him a gift card and that'd be a good, you know, Christmas present for him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we go, everybody orders crab cakes and everything. And we're all chowing down. And Gene gets like three quarters of the way through his and starts complaining of like, just not feeling right, not feeling good. And, you know, we're sitting there. Gene's not one to complain much about being sick or, you know, anything like that. And, uh, yeah, he's like getting really, really sweaty, like out of nowhere. And it's like starting to turn like white, like a ghost. And he's like, man, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't. He's like, it's not like I swallowed something. It's not like I'm choking. He's like, I just, I don't feel right. And we're all kind of sitting there like, what the fuck do we do? Like, we're in the middle of a restaurant with a ton of people. Like, what do we do? And, I mean, it got to the point where he, like, turned gray and, like, his lips were, like, blue. Mm -hmm. So, we're all sitting there and I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to sit here and watch my friend die in front of me. So, I jumped up. (laughs) I ran up to the... uh, uh, the hostess lady that's standing at the front desk. And I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm like telling her what's going on. I'm like, he's back there. And I'm like, and it just hit me. I'm like, yep, you're not going to do anything for me. So I ran outside. I got on the phone with nine one one calling them. Cause you know, I didn't know what else to do. And, uh, as I'm on the phone trying to get the address and everything, explain to them what was going on and all Jamie comes out, my wife. And she tells me that, you know, Gene, Gene doesn't want anybody to come. He's feeling better. So I'd walk back and apparently when I told the front front lady, she went and grabbed somebody and he went back there with them and said that he had had the same thing happen to him a couple of nights earlier. And it was something to do with like his sugar levels being off balance or whatever. He wasn't a diabetic, but just a big change in sugar levels. Mm-hmm. So they gave Gene, he gave him like a glass of orange juice and he drank about like half of it really quickly and felt better. So, wow. so we have no fucking clue what it was. 
uh, or whatever happened. I mean, he got to the point cause I mean, he felt so good. Like he w- he didn't want anybody else to drive him home. Like he drove us home. We all rode together. Uh, it was just a, it was a freaky, freaky thing. Uh, you know, to see your, I mean, literally when I tell you he turned gray, I'm not ex- like he turned gray and was, and like Nikki was like rubbing his back and said like his back and arms and everything were all sweaty. It was a really weird ordeal, but, uh, thankfully he was, he was fine. And hopefully, uh, we'll go to the uh, doctors and get that checked out, figure out what the hell was going on. Um, I don't know if the diet's done something to him or what, but yeah, man, that, that sounds, uh, sounds pretty crazy. I thought maybe the food was bad. And that was going to be like when you went back to the kitchen, they were going to be like, oh, well, that was kind of that was my first thinking, too, was that, you know, well, maybe because when he was said he wasn't feeling good, I didn't know if that meant like he was going to throw up or, you know, like had no idea. It was just like all of a sudden he's sweating. He's turning white. He's turning gray. His lips are turning blue. I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm very, uh, very fortunately, everything worked out uh, okay. I'm going to have so. to keep an eye on you guys getting crab cakes without me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, like I said, that wasn't planned. That just kind of happened. Yeah. We we always yeah. go out on Saturday nights, but uh, that just kind of happened as far as ended up going there. But Yeah. You guys live like a five minutes, not even five minutes away from each other. 1.1 so. 1. 1 miles. 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> but yeah, but, man. Uh, uh, go ahead, man. As I say, it's uh, we got a lot to catch up on, being that we weren't here last week. Uh, that's the reasoning we weren't here is I was finishing up the whole car ordeal and uh, it just got to be too late and I didn't want to put something up after the Thursday night game. I like having these up before Thursday night football starts. So I uh, apologize for not being on last week, but uh, such is life. And uh, But I will say this, it's it's uh, it's been too... Uh, I, I, I'm going to say two good weeks for the Ravens. You know, they did lose obviously to the Steelers and that was a heartbreaking loss. Um, a loss that, you know, they, they could have had go the other way and they could have won. And we'd be talking about two big victories, but, uh, you know, we'll go back. We'll go two weeks and we'll start with, uh, the lions game. Um, did you watch the entire game, Ryan? I mean, I, I was there. I was front row pretty much in the sideline. Man, I had a great, great view. Uh, posted some some videos on the, the Birdland BS page for you guys to see. Uh, I had really, really good seats. But uh, yeah, we had the game. to watch that game? Yeah, yeah, we had the game on all day. I think we were in the middle of uh, putting the tree up, stuff like that. So, but the game was definitely on, and uh, it, was a, it was a pretty good game. It was a shocker. Um, I think you were there. You you were texting. You're like, oh, because I I predicted we'd win, and Fred over here thought that maybe uh we wouldn't. So I remember yeah. that happening. But uh, yeah, was, forty-four to twenty, man. It was a uh pretty was, big uh, win. Yeah, you had me convinced there for a second. I was wrong, but glad I don't listen to you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, you know, here's the thing. The offense finally broke out, uh, yes. and that's that's what we've been asking for all year. Uh, they jumped out to a twenty to nothing first half lead, uh, which was great. The defense was playing awesome. Uh, the only real big story to the negative of that first half was obviously the the big injury to Jimmy Smith. 
Yeah. Uh, and losing him, he tore his Achilles. The suspension. Uh, right. And then he had well. the suspension. Yeah, that was <laughs> pretty well timed there with that suspension and the injury. Kind of, I'm kind of shocked so, that the NFL allows them to use the suspension time while they're yeah. injured. But so know. I thought maybe it was a year ago or two years ago. And I, you have to help me out, or maybe this is just not even worth bringing up. But somebody got suspended, and then they decided they were going to have surgery while they were suspended. And the NFL said, oh, no, you can't serve your suspension if you have the surgery. But I cannot remember who it was. And when this when this happened with um, Jimmy Smith, I was like, I wonder if that's going to fly because I felt like I had heard in the past that the NFL said no if – if you go out and you're injured, you can't serve your suspension while you're on IR. But huh. I got to look it up. I didn't have a chance to, and this is two weeks ago, so you see how uh, good I am at follow-up. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, like I, I thought it was, was odd, too. I, yeah. yeah, I had the same thought. It just, it did, it really didn't make much sense. Um, but, you know, whatever, that works. <laughs> it works in the Ravens' favor. Uh, but, but you know, at- I was – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just looking at Jimmy Smith in this game, um, who's the receiver? Uh, the Golden receiver, Tate. Golden Tate no, had a pretty. Uh, was it Golden yeah. Tate or was it Jones that he was covering? I can't remember. Whoever it was, I thought they had a, a pretty good game the following week with uh, – I'm all over the place. It's going to be tough with two games for me. I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, – but I think you, we'll just move on because I don't know for sure who the receiver was. I won't talk about it. Well, I mean, he he wasn't. I don't think he was tied up with with just one receiver for that whole entire first half. I think he was kind of bouncing back and forth between Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Um, but I mean, the defense had done a great job in that first half. I mean, obviously they shut the Lions out in the first half. Um, yeah. You know, that's a pretty high powered offense, uh, and to shut them out is is saying something. But then, you know, Jimmy Smith goes down, and of course, you know, it's the, you know, the Ravens motto, next man up. And I was, you know, sad to see Jimmy get hurt, and obviously he was having a a Pro Bowl-type year, a career year for him. But I was also, at the same time, kind of excited to see what we're going to see out of uh, the rookie, Marlon Humphrey. Um, But I I think his, uh, (laughs) he came in and, and he got a little, you know, tested, uh, to say the least in the beginning, you know, he had a couple, he let up a couple big passes. Uh, he had a couple of pass interference calls go against him. Uh, but he did have the one big interception, uh, late in the game to kind of redeem himself. Um, and you know, we'll get into the way he played in the second game against the Steelers in a little bit, but, uh, he, he did much better there. Um, but sticking to the, the Lions game, so Flacco, again, had probably one of his best statistical games of the year. He was, what, 23 of 36 for 269 and two touchdowns. Didn't throw any interceptions or anything. Uh, you know, it was good to see them throw the ball deep. They hit Mike Wallace for a big gain um, early in the – I believe it was early in the second half. Or no, 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 early, no it was early in the games, early in the first half. And, uh, you know, good to see them open up the playbook a little bit, throwing the ball downfield. 
Uh, and yet still mixing in a, a good bit of rush with Alex Collins. I mean, he's been kind of our unsung hero yeah, he's since been, we picked uh, him up. Yeah, he's been great. Um, had a couple of fumbles early on, and then he seemed to remedy that for a while up until the Steelers game. And then, no. I don't even know. Did he fumble? In the Steelers game? Yeah. Uh, he did, but then he picked it right back it, up, like, really he quickly. He picked it. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. man, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Collins has been great. Um, I think we've all liked him right out the gate. You know, we like his his, his change of pace, explosiveness, compared to what else we've had right. out there on the field. Um, that was fun. Uh, your boy, Macklin, would you had anything on him <laughs> for that game? <sighs> Not for oh, that you're game. Keep, keeping an eye on him, you know. Yeah, well, I'm glad you did because I hope you saw what I saw when it came to the Steelers game. Um, you know what? Screw this whole, like, doing this thing in an order. You know, Lions game first, Steelers game next. Let's just fucking talk about the facts, all right? So, <laughs> I was getting ready to say earlier, like, this is this is getting to be a shit show with jumping back and forth and trying to stay yeah, on, on track. <laughs> it is. It's tough. When, you, when, you, when you've got two weeks of stuff to talk about, man, things get mixed mixed up you know your your memory isn't quite there but <laughs> so one you thing re- i will say go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say one thing i'll say we'll, we'll, before we move too far away from alex collins all right because there's there's a big point in the story with talking about alex collins so this guy rushed for 50, 15 rushes and 75 yards and two touchdowns um against the lions so had a at a big game uh against the lions and then comes back and rushes for 18 carries and 120 yards against the Steelers in a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, averaging about a 6.7 yard clip. Uh, you know, this guy, he is your offense. Like the offense is predicated around him when he does well and you feed him the ball. You know, if they, if they can get him more involved, it's just, it leads to better results. And we're seeing that because Flacco two weeks in a row threw for 269 yards, back-to-back games, two touchdowns, back-to-back games. You were reading his stats earlier and I was looking at the wrong game and I was like, Oh wait, the, his stats were almost identical. They're almost identical. Right. It it was 20 and 35 and then 23 for 36. Right. And then uh, he did have an interception against the Steelers, which that was the turning point for me as far as I was ready to go to bed. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, they had a great drive to start the game off. You know, they marched right down the field. They got themselves within the red zone, and it was just a a bonehead uh, it a, throw. It was just, yeah, I don't even know what was going on there. It was like, it wasn't even close. It wasn't, it was like right to the guy. This is right. short, and I don't know. But uh, I had a few choice words when that happened, and the wife was giving me the stink eye. <laughs> so. But, yeah, and uh, – also, statistically, I mean, Mike Wallace has had two really good back-to-back games. Um, yeah, he against the Lions. He, like I said, he had the one big catch, but he put together a good game for five receptions at 116 yards, and then he had three and for 72 against the uh, the Steelers. So, your your production from the wide receiver is obviously definitely coming mainly from Mike Wallace. Uh, you know, yeah. Chris Moore had a couple catches and a touchdown against the Steelers. And Macklin, I mean, he did have a couple catches. But here's the thing, and I don't I don't know if you stayed up for the entire game, did you? No. No. Oh man. 
I went right. to bed. You, you can talk about this. I saw you you posting on Twitter about it. Um, I saw a few other people, um, some local personalities that were like, "Hey, Macklin just cost us a a down or a timeout or something." So uh, yeah, go ahead and and speak well, on that because I definitely I didn't stay up for that. I, I I have to go to bed, man. I can't do no, it. No, I understand. I understand. It was a Ravens Steelers <laughs> game for me, man. I, I'm gonna stay up to the end of that one. And it was I'm a hell of a game. You weren't there. I thought you were gonna be there. <laughs> Trust me, if it was here, I would have been there. Uh, but yeah, so so in my in my opinion, there's three things that lost this game for us. Uh, first one, easy is being the defense. You, you can't give up over 500 yards passing and expect to win a game. Uh, you gotta keep pressure on Ben, and you have to double Antonio Brown. That guy is just a phenomenal talent, and he can beat you single-handedly. You have to double-team him. And they made some adjustments at halftime uh, to be able to do that, and you saw where that's where the, the Ravens were able to catch up, then get out to a lead a little bit, and then it was like they changed their their game plan up again uh, because, you know, they kept throwing – the Steelers kept throwing these underneath routes to the tight ends, and the tight ends were taking 7 to 10 yards at a clip. Uh, but, you know, let the tight ends beat you. That's what the, 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 you have to do with the Steelers. If you can stop Antonio Brown and you can stop Le'Veon Bell and you lose the game because the tight ends had a good game or Martavius Bryant had a good game or Eli Rogers had a good game, well, then it is what it is. But you have to keep those three under lock. Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown. Oh, yeah. uh, so... so the defense is obviously giving up 500 yards passing. That's one big thing I think lost. Yeah, I mean, we had been talking about how good the defense was coming into this. And it's a, that this was one of the rare occasions where I actually wrote down uh, the offensive stats for the Steelers because they were so outrageous. I was like, wow, that's totally not what I expected. Um, right. Given how good they had played prior. It's almost like... And it happens all the time with the Steelers. They play a different game, and the offense was there. But for whatever reason, in some of these games, whether it's penalties or they just fall apart, it seems like the Steelers just get in our heads somehow. Because right. he's he's like the first quarterback to throw for 500 yards like three times or something ridiculous. Yeah, 500 yards yeah. is crazy. I mean, Flacco <laughs> – Flacco's only got like you know a thousand on the season, so that's crazy. I'm, I'm joking, but <laughs> no, but I mean you're you're right. We talked about it what three or four weeks ago. I think he only had like sixteen hundred yards. So I mean he threw for a third of a that third. Yeah. in one game. But uh, yeah, so obviously that was a big. Uh, a I big... did see Le'Veon Bell had an impact in the game. Uh, yeah. You know he scored. Scored two rushing touchdowns in a, a reception, but they did, you know, minimize. I mean, they were throwing the ball over, so I guess they didn't have to run it. Uh, I guess they just stuck with what was what was working. But they they didn't have too many rushing yards on the Raven. I don't know the exact number, but um, Le'Veon only rushed for forty eight. But when he did run, he was scoring touchdowns. So right, and and that's the thing with him is you know he's probably one of the most patient running backs I've ever seen play. Um, he he doesn't just take the ball 
and try to run for, you know, the first hole he sees, he, he waits. He waits for his blocks and he waits for a hole to open before he attacks it. Uh, he's a playmaker, man. And that's, that's something that the Ravens have lacked really since, you know, Ray, Ray Rice hasn't been here. Um, you know, they just don't have that type of a playmaker. And they've got two big ones with, with him and, and Brown. Um, it'd be nice to – and hey, what's crazy is, like, he – I feel like Le'Veon Bell's been there forever. And as they were showing the stats on the board against him, he's only 25 years old. We're going to see this guy for a while still. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's a damn good football player. If he stays there, I mean, he's, he's constantly uh, trying to hold out, so – yeah, I mean, he is about his money, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, the guy is definitely one of the best running backs in the league, and running backs tend to have short careers, so, you know, get paid while you can. So, I understand it. Um, he's he's well-rested, man. He's set at, like, eight games in the past two seasons. Past yeah. three seasons. So Can't stay good. off the weed. <laughs> um, all right, so that's, that's, that's reason number one for their loss. Reason number two. Marty Morningwig. Um, the play calling had improved. The offense has improved. And, and I was honestly, before that game finished, I was ready to give him a ton of credit and really sing his praise for the way that, you know, he he's changed things up and improved the offense over these last two weeks. And then, boom. I mean, he shoots himself in the foot. With, with this terrible time management and play calling with the lead late in the game against the Steelers, he's still th- calling pass plays and still throwing the ball when you've been running it down the throat. I mean, we just we just went over the stats with Alex Collins. You know, the guy's averaging six and a half to seven yards a carry. This guy's been carrying you all game. And when you've got a lead late in the game against the Steelers, a division rival, you got to do what you can to manage the time. You don't give Big Ben a chance to to pull off a victory like what he did. You could see it happening. It was like a fucking movie that you've seen a dozen times. When it got to about seven minutes left in that game, six minutes left in the game, you knew what the ending was already going to be. You knew the Ravens were going to blow that lead. The Steelers were going to have the ball late and kick a field goal to win it. You just knew it. You could feel it. And... Didn't disappoint. So I know you didn't get a chance to see that because it was later in the game. But um, like I said, I mean, everything up until that point, it's like, you know, you're doing everything right. You're, 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 you're running the ball like you're supposed to and throwing off the play action like you're supposed to. Everything's going good. And you've got the lead. Why aren't you, why aren't you managing the clock and, and protecting that lead? It, it's just, it was stupid. Um yeah, that was one of the uh, – like I said, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, I did go through the stats and everything. And one of the things I had to wonder was like, okay, I I saw some of the scores, and we were up by 11 at, at one point. Yeah. And and I said, um, I didn't see Justin Tucker a whole lot. Um, and I, I got to thinking like, okay, yeah, we scored a lot of touchdowns. I saw one field goal by Tucker – and then I saw the whole comeback um, late late in the game, and I was like, you know, I guess we couldn't – the offense couldn't get down the field far enough to even get, you know, in field goal range. So I was assuming that there were a handful of three and outs uh, in the fourth quarter. 
Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, what happened to the offense? I, I get the defense didn't really do a great job. Um, but it doesn't look like that late in the game, your defense is going to be tired. I, I feel like it's up to the offense to, to, to stay out there and give them a little bit of rest. And at my first thought was like, yeah, I think the offense fell apart or something changed late in the game because the Steelers just took over and it, it didn't look like a ton of penalties or anything happened during that game. Um, so I just assumed that um, something stupid happened, <laughs> and that sounds like they basically – I think we've all been there as Baltimore Ravens fans when we're sitting on the couch and we're watching a game or you're in the stands, and you're like, yeah, this is a run play, and then they throw it, and then you know it gets to be uh, third and long, and for whatever reason, now they want to pull out the run play and try to pick up right. eight or nine yards. And it's like it, – it seems – they seem to revert to that. They go back to that all the time, and the, I, I wish I would have watched the game, but it was just Sunday night. I had to work, so I was no, just no, like, no. Ah. I understand. It's just it does. It gets to be frustrating because, like you know, I understand the thinking of you know, you've got a lead. Let's like let's continue to go after them. Let's not play you know this protect the lead type thing because the the. You know, they've got a high-powered offense. But it was late. It was late in the fourth quarter. You're talking like four minutes left, and you're up with four minutes left. You want to run as much as you can, make them use their timeouts, and run the clock down as much as possible, especially when you've been running effectively. You know, it's a different story if they've shut your run game down all game long, and you know that if I just run, 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 I'm not going to get a first down. I'm going to be able to make them use some timeouts and that kind of thing. But when you're running at six or seven yards a clip, you stick to that. You know, it's it's and he didn't, and that that was a big, big disappointment. Like you said earlier about the social media thing, that was a big thing going around social media with people having that same complaint. Um, but getting back to Macklin. And this goes right in line with what I said two weeks ago about him. I mean, he probably made the softest play I've ever seen from a wide receiver. You're you're losing by one. You've got under a minute to go in a playoff chase scenario. Yes, I understand that losing this game doesn't ruin our chances of getting in the playoffs by any mean. The Ravens still kind of control their own destiny, and that's all fine and dandy. But winning this game, it does a lot for your psyche as a team, and it does. It gives you that extra cushion that if, you know, you blow one against the Browns, you're still okay. Um, <laughs> but here comes Macklin. You, you, you trail by one. You got under a minute to go. You're in, you're in Pittsburgh. And you've got one timeout left. And there's a pass from Flacco across the middle to Macklin. He gets hit coming across the middle. It wasn't a bad hit at all. I've seen players get hit 100 times worse. Uh, and when they get hit like that and it's late in the game, I've seen them you know, get hurt. And it, just because they're smart players and they know what's going on around them, they'll crawl their way off the field. So a team doesn't have to burn a timeout. But what does he do? He lays there on the ground, 
has the medical staff come out to him, help him up and get off the field, making them burn a timeout. And then what does he do? He comes out on the field the very next fucking play. So how hurt really were you that you could come back out on the field and run a route the very next play after you were just, you cost your team with under a minute to go their last time out, trailing by one when you've got the league's best kicker sitting on the sideline. So it's not like you got to go far. All you've got to do is give him a chance. And you blow that by, by laying on your back and waiting for medical staff to come out to you. You know, if, if you're going to do that, you better have something wrong with you. You better have had like a concussion where you can't even think to know what's going on around you or a blown out a knee that you can't stand up on and hobble off the field. Like that kind of stuff. I get it. I remember playing Pop Warner football. This is, you know, before high school, this is playing Pop Warner football. My coach drilled it in my head. If you're hurt, do whatever you can to get your ass off the field so that we can assist you. You better not lay out on that field unless you need to be carted or carried off that field. That's in Pop Warner football. This guy's playing in the NFL making millions of dollars. And and that goes right in line with what I said a couple weeks ago and questioning his character and questioning his desire to win or if he's really just there to collect a paycheck. Um, I, you know, I listened to 105.7 The Fan the next morning, which normally I don't do after a loss because I can't deal with some of the bullshit that people say when they call in after a loss. It's it's The Berlin BS. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I also, I do like listening because <clears throat> they do that whole Monday morning quarterback where they have Mike Preston on there and whatnot. And I'm not a big Mike Preston fan, but what I do like about him is he he does have like insight in the locker room as to kind of like what's going on and what the players are saying and he and he's not afraid to like express that and tell you. So one of the things that he said was prior to that game, Macklin is not doesn't have very many fans in the locker room as far as mm-hmm. teammates go and this did absolutely nothing to help his reputation in the locker room. So if the players were giving him shit for for the lack of effort and for what he did on the field, he fucking deserved it. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it was the softest shit I've ever seen from a football player. I've seen kickers get laid out and fucking come off the football field without getting help. And and this guy is out on the field the very next play. <sighs> <sighs> That's it, man. That's my rant. Those are the three <laughs> things, in my opinion, that cost us that game. Um the Macklin thing just really gets under my skin. Wonder if they like. Uh, you talked about Jimmy's earlier. And yeah, he's, he's got that crab cakes for life. Yeah, give it's that to bri- me, man. I will promote Jimmy's crab cakes all day long on this show. You're probably in there eating your crab cake, and you see Macklin or something. I don't know if they put something on the wall and be like, "Fuck that guy, fuck that guy." <laughs> but uh, man, so. That is what it is. It, it was a tough loss. Um, yeah, Mar- it's a one one point loss. Like, yeah, that, I don't know. That makes it worse because I feel like it does. It it changes the whole pace of the game. But like, you don't throw that interception in the first quarter, and you know you get a field goal on that drive, 
Oh yeah, no, there's a, a shit but, ton of what ifs. You know what I mean? What we, if, we could you do know, that, that every game. I'm just glad there wasn't a moment where it was like, you know, hey, we're gonna go for it on fourth down, and then they don't do it. You know, or right. Uh, there's been some of those calls in the past. You talk about uh, clock management and all that. I'm obviously there were a couple plays that that did make a difference that I didn't see, but. Um, Sounds like it was a good game. I mean, it's a ton of scoring. Uh, you know, the offense looked pretty good. Collins was a plus side. Flacco, that was a plus side. Uh, you know, the one interception, that's going to happen um, in a game like that anyway, I feel like. I was surprised. Um, we talked a lot about the offense. I was surprised that the defense didn't really get the uh, – I guess the line's pretty good over there in, in with the Steelers, and I thought maybe – um, we would have got to, to what the heck's his name, Big Ben, a little bit more, but it didn't look like, yeah, um, they did too much damage on that front. No, no, I, the the Steelers line played great. Um, you know, the Ravers really didn't come out with much pressure until the second half, beginning of the second half. That's when they started actually coming after Ben a little bit more. But uh, yeah, for the majority of that game, they really didn't. I mean, that's. How else do you throw for 500 yards unless you've got all day long to throw for it and you've got yeah. a guy like Antonio Brown to throw to? Now, this guy, like I told you, he is a playmaker. And by a playmaker, I mean he knows what he's fucking doing to get open. I, I don't know if you noticed on a couple of those big plays, big passes down the field to him, he knows how to use his hands to get separation from a corner because you know a lot of people were ripping Brandon Carr and you know giving him a ton of shit for you know not playing very well against Antonio Brown first of all Antonio Brown is a top three wide receiver in the NFL bar none Brandon Carr is not a top three quarter cornerback in the league so that that's one thing secondly if you were paying attention to the game on at least two of his big receptions Brown pushed off of Carr just enough to get the separation to make the catch before getting tackled. And fly. I mean, uh, Harbaugh even said in his halftime comments to whoever, you know, Susie Colbert, whoever he was talking to that, uh, he'd like to see them call a few things like that, uh, down the road. <laughs> and they sure didn't, would. but you know, that's, that's what makes some of the, 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 the great wide receivers great is, you know, being able to do that and position yourself in a body where a ref's not going to be able to see that and that type of thing. And, you know, you can't challenge a non-call. But that's what, again, that's what makes him, that's part of what makes him a playmaker is he can do those things and he knows how to do them and get away with them. And I I would like to have a guy like that on our team. I don't know about you, but shit. (laughs) I'll take him. I'll take it. Yeah. If it was coming my end, hell yeah, I'd be taking it. Uh, I remember when Wallace and him were playing it. playing together yeah they, they, they were pretty nasty um, yeah man and i was hoping wallace was gonna uh, do a little bit more than he's done but i guess antonio brown was the uh, real difference maker over there well honestly I, I you know i don't think mike wallace has been given a fair shake here i don't think marty marty Morningwig's offense fits mike wallace very well mm-hmm. um You've got a quarterback that you know can throw the deep ball and, and has always been known for throwing the deep ball. So I think that was the appeal as to why Wallace chose to come to Baltimore. But 
yeah, Morningwig just has not been a good fit for him. And I mean, cause you see it, you see it in flashes. He has, you know, a couple games here and there where they finally decide to throw the ball down the field to him. And he makes these big catches for 50 plus yards. I mean, he leads the league in 50 plus yard catches over the last like seven years or something like that. He has the most 50 plus yard catches. Um, so the guy's a great deep threat. You just got to utilize it more. And, you know, we've, we've seen it a little bit. Like I said, over these last two weeks, I'll give a lot of credit to the offense. The offense has made big strides, uh, but they've also made a few big mistakes. Uh, morning wig with the play calls and Macklin just being Macklin. And I don't like this guy. <laughs> I really so, don't. <laughs> I feel, feel that I get that feeling. Uh, <laughs> so this week, um, we play the Browns, and one of my big fears is that we are the team that takes that first L against yeah. the Browns. You should see my notes. So I have that exact same thing written. I mean, they should have won their first game last week in overtime against the Packers. That was crazy. And this reminds me of 2009 when Flacco was a rookie, and we went down to Miami, and the winless Dolphins – Beat us yep. late in the year to get their first win and avoid 0 and 16. Um, I mean, I know the offense is playing better, but the defense is struggling. Cleveland has nothing to lose. They don't even lose draft positioning. Gaining, you know, if they win one game, they're still the top overall pick as with their worst record. Yeah. So they've got all the want and reasons to win this game with no pressure. Uh, and they've been playing better. I mean, they have. They've been, like I said, they they should have beaten uh, the Packers last week. And even with uh, Hunley playing one of his best games, um, it took overtime for for the Packers to beat them. So definitely a scary game. Uh, Kaiser's got more experience now. Obviously, he's got a few more games under his belt and that kind of thing. And he's already he's seen us once. He's got that receiver. Right. Now he's got Josh Gordon out there. So, yeah. The running it, it, backs are pretty good. They look pretty good. They're putting up stats. Uh, both of them are putting up numbers every week. Uh, Duke Johnson right. and, uh, I don't even is it uh, Cal? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just getting into predictions. Are we getting into predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with it. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going to pick the Ravens to lose. I'm not yeah. going to say it. I'm going to go with the Browns to lose i was gonna say (laughs) like i said uh they just had a rough season but they are playing well we played well enough even though we lost and there were mistakes the offense was still there last week i don't think the defense will repeat and i feel like it's a can't lose game you lose this game you're not going in you're out of the playoffs uh so um i definitely have the ravens winning um, and this, this is in Cleveland, but uh, I got a twenty-six to twenty-one game. I think it. I think the Browns will put up some offense, but I yeah. just feel like we'll we'll pull ahead. Yeah, I have it very similar. Um, I can't I can't go against the Ravens because they've got to win this game. Uh, like you said, they've got to win the next three. Um, yeah, I I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see another Miami game. Like I said earlier, but it's got that feel. Um, but I think I guess it'll be a, a classic Ravens pull it out late uh, in Cleveland 
and on a Justin Tucker, like 60 yard field goal or something, it would have fucking bomb to win it. Uh, so I've got them winning late 22, 20. Okay. Uh, now this week is kind of an interesting week of football. Uh, there's Thursday night, there's Saturday games, there's Saturday night, or there's Sunday night, Saturday night, Monday night. I didn't do anything for the Saturday games. I don't know if you did or not. Um, are, there are Saturday? Oh, yes, two Saturday games. Yeah, I didn't do the Saturday. Um, yeah. The, I don't know why they're on there. Is, is there a reason for that? I don't know. I was trying to think of it, too, before I got on. I was like, man, I don't know. It's not the holiday. It's not Christmas or anything like that. I don't know what the hell the point of the Saturday games is. Um, but anyway, so. well, we'll do Thursday night first, uh, yep. in probably the most least exciting football game on the schedule this week, uh, Broncos yeah. at Colts, another crap game that I won't be watching. Uh, what's that? Trevor Simeon and Jacoby Brissett, not yeah. fun TV for me. Um, I don't think anyone on my fantasy team is on either of those teams. Yeah, so if, I'll, if I'll you have pass. any of them on your fantasy football team, you're not in the playoffs. Um, I don't see this going well for the Broncos. The Broncos did snap their eight-game losing streak last week, uh, but I don't see this going well. I, I've got the Colts winning it in a very lackluster, entertaining game, 26-16. Jesus, you were like – we got to, like, just put out totally different scores and everything. <laughs> We're going to have to meet up prior and make up scores because I got, uh, you know, same thing. Nothing fantastic going on, but I got Indy winning 28-14. Uh, to 14. <laughs> So, another it's, really close uh, one. It's, like, a couple, couple points off there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so who, who do we got Sunday night? Sunday night, uh, we got Dallas versus Oakland uh, in Oakland. And uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott makes his return uh, this week. Is that true? Uh, I did not look into that, and that actually will pers- you know, persuade me even more uh, in the direction I'm already going. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if that's I, the case, I think he does. If if not, my bad. Um, but I have Dallas winning. I think they're on a bit of a a roll now. I think they need to win, and uh, I think. Yeah, obviously, uh, the Eagles won that division. Yeah, right. The the Giants have been eliminated, and uh, who else? The Redskins have been eliminated as well. So right. I think you know they're they're trying to make the playoffs, and they played pretty well last week. I think they got um, some of the defenders back, and I just I think it might be a close game. Uh, Oakland's coming off a tough loss and. Um, they didn't look too happy about it, so I think they'll play um, with a little bit of, um, you know, they're going to try to come back and get a win. So I think it'll be a close game, but I think Dallas will pull it out. 20, uh, 31-28, sorry. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another game I thought would have a lot more playoff consideration considering the Raiders were our Super Bowl picks in the beginning of the year. Um, Still a chance, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think there the is. The Cowboys—they have an outside chance in making a wild card spot, but you know, like I said, I mean, I, I, I really, beginning of the year, I thought Cowboys win that division, Raiders win their division. That's a no, you know, no brainer. But uh, with everything going on with this Ezekiel Elliott stuff, and then Prescott struggling without him, it's just, um, 
it's been a shit show in, in Dallas. Now, I will say Prescott's been playing better of late without him. Uh, Derek Carr has not. Uh, with The Oakland offense has not been playing well. Uh, yeah, that was close game with Kansas City, but everybody's beating Kansas City right now. Um, yeah, what the hell happened there? Yeah, man, I don't know. That's uh, another team that started the year off. What did they start off, like 6-0 and or 6-1? and And now they're on the brink of not even making the playoffs. Uh, that's uh, pretty crazy when you think about it. But, uh, yeah, I've got the Cowboys also winning this, and I've got it 28-19 Cowboys. 28-19. Monday night. Um, again, n- not a very exciting game. This is a kind of a shit week for the uh, primetime games. Uh, Falcons at Buccaneers, which another game that you looked at it prior to the season start you thought would be a better game. Um, I mean, the Falcons, look, they, they've salvaged their season. They put together a pretty nice season at, what, I think they're 8-5 and five now, um, considering this year did not start off well. And Matt Ryan has not looked like Matt Ryan this year, although the last couple games he's definitely turned things around. Uh, the Buccaneers have been a huge disappointment. Jamison Winston, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, and the rookie O.J. Howard, the tight end that the Ravens should have drafted. Um they haven't been the dynamic offense I thought they'd be. Uh, I've got the Falcons winning this 36-23. Okay. I had, like, last week, I think the uh, Falcons played Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I had this great joke because, you know, there's a Chick-fil-A in their stadium. And I was oh. like, oh, oh, Thursday night, Chick-fil-A is open. Because <laughs> if, if they play Sunday, it's not it's not open. But right. we, didn't get to, we didn't record, so. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, waste that one. Said so to bring it up, but uh, yeah, Atlanta seems to uh have turned around a good bit and uh seem to be playing a little bit well. I don't know, a little bit better. I don't know what's going on over there. Obviously, you know, Julio Jones is a great receiver. Matt Ryan is uh a a very good quarterback, um, in my opinion. And there was always those comparisons of Flacco to Matt Ryan, and I was always like. Man, I feel like if you had Matt Ryan in the Ravens' offense, we'd be that much better because I I think it's just personality-wise I like him more than I like Flacco because he seems to have a little bit of an edge versus Flacco's, yeah, like, I agree you know, there. dopiness. But Flacco's right. still a great quarterback. But uh, there for a while, there was always those comparisons. Um, but anyway, you know, with Tampa Bay being eliminated from the playoffs, um, you know, Tough break. Uh, Jameis Winston getting injured. He was out uh, several weeks. Uh, I just think at this point the Falcons are going to win it. It's going to be 21-17. to 17. All right. So we've got all the same picks this week. Uh, nowhere to gain or lose. It's yeah, so lame. <laughs> we, need to, uh, we need to change that up, talk about our predictions before we actually go on air. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well let's let's shift gears a little bit. You know, the we haven't done a lot of talking about baseball uh, over the past really two months, just because it's the off season. There really hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. I mean, we yeah, we we touched on the World Series and the playoffs, but the Orioles haven't been a part of it and that kind of thing. So, if you want to say that, we we really we didn't watch the World Series and yeah. we basically said we hope Houston wins. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I mean by touched it. <laughs> we literally so. touched it. Uh, but now, I mean, there's there's been a lot of rumblings. Uh, obviously, the 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 winter meetings are going on right now with all the owners and GMs, and there's been a lot of rumblings about Manny Machado. 
He's like and the bell of the ball, man. That's I, maybe I just hear it all because we're in Baltimore, but it sounds like everybody's talking about people are interested in Machado. Well, yeah, I mean, after the whole Otani thing settled and he ended up going to uh, the Angels, that's that's really the the premier name that's being mentioned, that's being talked to. I don't think it's just a you know we hear it because we're here in Baltimore. Obviously, that plays a part, but no, I mean that's you go listen to ESPN, you look at all the ESPN writers that are down there. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about Machado and the possibility with a few different teams. There's been interest from the Cardinals. There's been interest from the Giants. There's been interest from the Yankees even after signing uh, or trading for uh, uh, Stanton, John Carlos Stanton. That, I I would hate to see that. Um, just cause I don't want to see Manny in, in a, in a Yankees uniform, but God, can you imagine that fucking lineup though? People are saying that because of what the Yankees have to offer, the Orioles might consider it. Well, they would. I mean, that's the thing. And that's, that's what was going to be one of my topics to touch on is all these teams that are really in consideration for Machado. They're all super, super deep in the minor leagues. Uh, which is what we need. You know, there's a lot of people, oh, I don't want to see Machado go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. It, it's 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 a card that has two sides, and the two sides are you either sign Machado, which the Orioles just can't do. They're, they're not going to be able to afford it unless they mortgage the rest of the team to be able to do so. So what's the other side of the card? You trade him and get something for you because you don't want – the you don't want the other person's card. The other person's card is you don't do anything, and the most you get is he signs with another deal or with another club, and you get a draft pick for it. And a draft pick is just a goddamn it's a gamble. You don't know yeah. what you're getting. I don't care if it's a first it's, round pick. I don't care if it's a top gamble. five pick. You just never know, especially with the Orioles. The Orioles just don't have a good history of drafting players, and with somebody. Of his talent, he is a, a once-in-a-generation type player. You've got to get good value while you can for him. And you're going to get the most for him now if you get him before the season starts. So somebody has an entire year before he hits free agency to kind of smooth him over and try to convince him to stay with where he's being traded to. Whereas if you don't do anything, the next opportunity is going to be around the all-star break when the trade deadline comes up and teams are kind of positioning themselves for the playoffs. You'll still get some return on your investment with trading him there, but nowhere near what you're going to get right now. Yeah, I Uh, think, I think they're looking to deal right now. Um, They're talking about it. They're not denying it. Right, uh, it's it's completely out in the open. Um, I think, like a lot, I like Machado. I think he's a great player. I f- I feel like he's the first player I've watched come up as an Oriole, and I feel like I'm watching a future Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. there are other guys out there. Bryce Harper's pretty good. Um, obviously, Mike Trout's really good. Um, you know, I've seen them come up and and continue to play well, but um, I just feel like the Orioles don't spend the money and if they're not going to spend the money and if they're not going to make other moves alongside of that 
if they keep Machado and somehow manage to, to work a deal with him, I just feel like that's who you're going to have. You're going to have that uh, Stanton situation where you got one guy getting paid a shit ton of money and you're not going to have anybody else. Right. Uh, and you're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to have this one star player who does really well and that's all you're going to be able to enjoy. So uh, I like to see him stay, but I just don't see with our market and the way fans react around here, uh, I just don't see it being a good move to keep them if they can get a lot for them, which they should be able to. I don't know what they'll negotiate. And I, my fear is that Duquette will will try to get more than what's reasonable because I feel like they're kind of stingy in that way with their deals. Right. Like the – the Orioles just seem like I don't know how to explain it. Like they're prudes, almost like, "Hey, we're not going to do this or whatever." But um, I mean, they, they do have kind of a history of over over evaluating or overvaluing yeah, yeah. their players. But this is—I mean, you've just said it, and I've said it. This is a one in a gen- one in a generation type player. There's no overvaluing this guy and his importance to helping a ball club take that next step and then what you're going to get from him for a marketing standpoint, how much money you're going to make off of selling his jerseys and commercials and whatever else you can do to, you know, profit off of a player. That's what you're getting in Machado. You're not just getting a, you know, an everyday player to go out there and play and doesn't really do anything for your team, but you know, help you win a game. This guy, he, he affects your whole entire organization. So you have to get, a haul for this guy. It'll be it, fun to watch. It, I, I'm a, it's kind of like we don't usually do anything like at this point. No, I uh, know. We're usually pretty not, quiet. Nothing. Yeah, we're usually pretty quiet in the moves we make. It's usually like a minor league player or something. It's dumpster. It's dives. not really. Yeah, it's nothing you've really heard of. I mean, they made a couple already um, earlier. And it, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, we made a couple moves. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, these are minor league players. They haven't really played at the major league level. But um, right. I'm just excited that something could happen. Uh, it, you know, I know. I think I I heard that Jones wasn't really into the whole rebuilding thing. He wants to go for it. But at this point, I don't. You can't fix the pitching. Like, well, here's here's with the what thing. you have. Uh, they're talking about Matt uh, Harvey, right? Uh, with the Mets, and he was really good a couple years ago. But right now, you don't know what you're getting. Nah, he's another uh, guy that's coming off of injury, and you know. He's, he's I just think at like ninety four. Hey, I'm just glad they're talking about the Orioles and something's going on. And, yeah, and people are buzzing, and it could be good for us. I mean, right. yeah, I don't want to lose Machado. I got his jersey. It it it'll suck, but right. at some point, I'm like, hey, I got to look towards the future. We had a couple really good years with Buck and everything, and we made the playoffs and things that we've we've been at five hundred. You know, what is there, one season? What right. were we last last season? Yeah. We were below 500. You know, that's yeah. the first season in how many? So I'm just kind of like, hey, if we got to do the whole rebuild thing, I'm all for it because. Be it, easy, though. E- it, e- easy with the rebuild word. and, and you Oh, know, whatever. I, I, no, I'm just saying I, I was going to even comment about that with, uh, with, with what you were saying about Jonesy not wanting to go through a rebuild. Look, losing Machado – like you said, it would suck. It would hurt. I like the guy. He's a huge player for this team. But he's one player, right? Yeah. 
and we're farther away from winning a World Series than one player. Absolutely. So, but losing him doesn't change our status by much because if you can if you can allot your funds to lock up a Jonathan Scope, you know, you can keep Jones, you know, maybe shift him over to a corner spot at some point because he's going to slow down. He already has a little bit. Um, but you've got some up-and-coming young outfielders. Trey Mancini made a huge step from last year to this year as far as, like, being able to be a reliable outfielder. And obviously he was in the running for rookie of the year. So he was, you know, statistically hitting, he's done well. Um, there's a few other outfielders in the minor league system that are coming up that uh, have some, some really good promise. You made a good trade mid season for a Tim Beckham that I think was probably one of the more under the radar trades that Duquette's made since he's been here. Um, you've got a good, young kind of exciting catcher coming up was well, not going to hit for a ton of power, but he'll probably have one of the best on base percentages on the team makes a lot of contact. Um, you know, it's a good gap to gap type hitter. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of good things offensively, even without Machado. Yes. What you lose defensively, you lose a, a platinum glove winner. You lose a gold glove continuously winner. Um, so that is hard to replace. But what you get back for him, and if you can find two young starting pitchers that have the ability within the next two years to come up and be like a number two, three, or four starter, you find two of them come up, that's a huge replacement because those two players affect more wins and more outcome than just the one Machado does and I don't think it's I don't I don't classify that as a rebuild I classify that more as a retool you know what I mean you're you're not you're not going through a rebuild where rebuild is is getting rid of everybody start the Marlins what the Marlins are doing exactly that's a rebuild I I get what you're saying you're you're not we're not that far away and losing Machado doesn't put us that much further away just make a few other adjustments to the roster keep a few other guys around Get what you can get for Machado now. Do it now. And I think they're doing it. They're I hope late. so. I mean, it's like you said, I've never seen the Orioles talk this much about it, you know, a situation, especially during the winter meetings. So all I know is the last couple of seasons, you know, Machado's been like, Oh, I'm I'm willing to negotiate, you know, they're right. just not doing it. And I'm like, okay. That's odd. And then now they're openly discussing trading them and they're listening. What is it the the Cardinals and the Phillies um are are interested. So yeah. I let's see. Let's see what happens. Like I said, I'm just glad we're in the buzz, man. I feel like year after the Yankees and the Red Sox have already struck, you know, the whole Atani guys out of the picture. It, it's this is like the next big move that everybody's waiting on. So yeah, man. And then speaking of Otani, I don't know if you heard with his the uh, the news with him lately. Don't you ruin, you? ruin my, my two minute warning, man? Oh, do you oh, have man. that? Well, that that was going to be the next thing I was going to go to uh, if you hadn't you're, mentioned you, that yet. So, 
No, you can go to it. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pull nah, it out. Nah, man, let's go for it. You're uh, you're you're on the <laughs> clock, my friend. You're uh, right, well, you ready for the you, two minute warning or what? Yeah, it, this might get confusing because uh, I'm basically going to combine two weeks worth. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I won't interrupt you, so you just flow with it. <laughs> it's this stuff is so old. It's just funny. So I'm just going to throw it in there. Go ahead. Whenever All right, you're ready. Man, your two minute warning starts now. All right, so. Two weeks ago, obviously, Gronk and Juju Smith were suspended um, for one game. Uh, the Chiefs suspended their cornerback, Marcus Peters, for throwing a flag in the crowd versus the Jets. Um, this didn't really get much traction, but uh, Hall of Fame QB Warren Moon was reportedly being sued for, or was sued for sexual harassment. That stuff keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, Colin Kaepernick received the Muhammad Ali Legacy Award. Uh, Palmero, Raphael Palmero, at the age of 53, was thinking about making a comeback. I haven't heard anything on that either. Yeah, uh, definitely not a rebuild if we sign yeah. him. Roger Goodell, you know, his deal's pretty much done. $40 million a year. Crazy. Um, don't know what I'm doing wrong. And then uh, Russia was banned from the 2018 Winter Olympics as a result of the 2014 Sochi uh, – oh, man, I'm rolling. Sochi uh, doping and cover-up. Um you know, we talked about Otani. Uh, he went to the Angels, uh, and it looks like he has a first-degree UCL sprain, and he had a PRP injection back in October in his elbow. So that's nice. Uh, I'm sure they're happy about that. Oh, he would have sure. never made it. He would have never made it to the. War. He wouldn't have passed the physical. So no, hell no. To, I was we, gonna say we would have had to worry about. Uh, Quarterback Aaron Rodgers is cleared um, to play after being on the IR for a broken collarbone. Um, so he's actually uh, planning on starting this week. So it looks like Green Bay, they're still in the mix. So I think they're going to try yeah, to make a run the at the playoffs. Time. Right in the nick of time. And I'm sure everybody's picking him up off of waivers. And uh, former running back and fantasy monster back in the day, Larry Johnson, uh, he believes he's living with CTE, so that's kind of interesting. You know, a lot of the concussions. Uh, and also, uh, that's good. We're good. You're good. You got a lot in, man. Uh, that was a, a jam-packed two minutes. <laughs> well, I was going really fast because I thought I had two weeks uh, to get in there. And then I was like, all right, we're good. You show me the time. I was like, oh, shit, it's only a minute. But Yeah, that's uh, that Larry Johnson piece was something I hadn't heard. That's uh, at, at CTE, man. It, it seems to affect <clears> – <throat> most retired football players man in some sort of way whether they know it or not you know that uh that guy i mean he really didn't have a very long nfl career at all he had like he had like two seasons where he was a beast right and and um who was there with him priest holmes priest holmes yeah was there with him and he was he was ridiculous at the time so yeah. uh i just i saw that and i was like oh shit good old larry johnson so i figured yeah. i'd bring it in but uh that was a good show, man. Ran a little yes, long, but obviously we tried to fit two weeks of football in there. Uh, and yeah, man, we've a lot to talk about. A little bit of baseball this week, so that's always a nice uh, change of pace, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, people love all the Ravens talk, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to baseball again, even though I don't think we're going to do anything. But <laughs> Yeah, man, but you know, just the talks about it and everything kind of gets you excited about it, gets you thinking about it again, so yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to baseball season when that comes. Oh, oh, before I forget, I had this in my notes. You know, congratulations 
to uh, Sherry and Sam. Oh, yeah. And winning the uh, Birdland BS. Uh, what is that? What are you calling that? Schwag giveaway? Yeah, the Schwag giveaway. So <laughs> what's funny is uh, I, I really wasn't clear uh, on how the rules were going to be with the, uh, the picking the winner. So when I came down to it, I'm thinking, well, shit, how do I do this? Like, Because it's really two ways. First, you had to have picked the Steelers. And then if you pick the Steelers, that, you know, eliminates it down to just a couple people who had the closest score. And are we going by who had the closest Steeler score or who had the closest total score? Like, I didn't really get to be uh, too detailed there. That's why I picked two winners. But uh, next time I'll make sure I do that. Um, yeah, man, I, I didn't even know what the hell I was going to give away. I knew I was going to give them, you know, a few things with the uh, the Birdland BS uh, logo some swag, but uh, I'm also throwing in an Amazon $10 gift card to uh, oh. both of the winners. So nice. those will be in the mail. I can't promise you how fast they'll get to you guys considering uh, it is the holiday season, but uh, they're on its way. Uh, we'll have those in the mail uh, tomorrow or Friday. So yeah, congratulations to Sherry and what was his name? Sam. Sam. That's right. Sam Ashton. Ashton. He's- that's right. Smashes the ball in softball, bastard. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, man, uh, that wraps it up for the week. Uh, You got anything left that you wanted to touch on before we head out? I'm good, man. I'm ready. Nap time. I hear you. All right, episode 28 in the books. For Fred and Ryan, I'm Fred. I'm Ryan. See you guys. Have a good night. Summer after high school.